Would you turn with me, please, to the book of Psalms this morning? Psalm 34. We've been ministering on Sunday mornings on the subject of being free from all fears. And let's read our text and go further today. The 34th Psalm, and we'll begin in verse 1. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Is it okay to say praise the Lord? Not just think it, but say it. In my mouth. Is it okay to say things like that all the time? It is. It is. Sometimes people don't understand us. They go, they hear us, they're around us, and we say, well, praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. They go, well, y'all just in the habit of that. Yeah. And if you don't have that habit, it's a lot better than the one you got. Because you're saying something. Right? You're saying something. Now, you shouldn't just say it mindlessly. I don't mean that. But you should have a lifestyle of continually praising God. The scripture tells us to. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Humble people are glad to hear the Lord being praised. It's only the proud and ignorant who don't like to hear God being praised. It's a fact. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That's what we do every time we have a service around here. Right? Together. We come to, you know, in one mind and one accord, we're exalting the Lord. We're magnifying the Lord. He said, I sought the Lord. And he heard me. And did what? And delivered me. From all my fears. I sought the Lord. And he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. This is the word of God. This is the will of God. How many believe it's available to any child of God? To be delivered from all fears. Now, you know, people agree with this and say amen, but the reality remains that most Christians have all kinds of fears. And it's not okay. People live in different degrees of paralysis, not doing certain things out of fear, doing things out of fear, being hindered, being restricted because of fear. But it's not the will of God. Like I said last week, I've heard preachers preach that a little fear is good. I've seen it on church signs. Different phrases about how that a little fear is good. Friend, fear is not of God. Amen. No fear is acceptable. People teach their children fear all the time. They do it without realizing. They do it without thinking. You know, they try to put fear in them. Don't go out there and play in the road. You'll get run over. Don't you know you'll get run over? That's not okay. How many stand up making a confession over your child? You'll get run over. (laughs) Trying to put them in fear. Trying to make them afraid of every stranger that they might meet. What might happen to them. I mean, these are accepted ways of rearing children, but they are ungodly and they are unscriptural. Teach your children to have respect for what a 3,000 pound automobile at 70 miles per hour can do. But not to be afraid of it at all. Right? Teach your children that they can't trust everybody that they see. You wish they could, but you can't trust everybody and what they say. And you shouldn't go with everybody or hook up with everybody, but not to be afraid of anybody. Because you have angels. God looks out for you. Right? Teach them what a big snake can do or what a big dog can do. 
but not to be one bit afraid of either one. Did you hear me? And the reason why parents teach their children fear is because they have fear. They're afraid of getting hurt in a car wreck. They're afraid of crashing in an airplane. They're afraid of somebody robbing them or mugging them or raping them. They're afraid. And friend, when you're afraid, you're not in faith. And when you're not in faith, you're not pleasing God. All of us have yielded to fear at different times in our life. But friend, let's rise above it. Let's act on the word. Let's believe the Lord to get us to this place. That we sought the Lord. We called on him. He heard us. And to be able to stand up and say, and he delivered me from all my fears. And I'm standing here fear free. Afraid of nothing. Amen. Now we've already spent some time on different aspects of this that are the foundation of this series. And tapes are available. We talked about the source of fear. Where it came from. How it got started. We went back to Genesis and saw the first time fear was mentioned and why that happened. We, we also camped on and talked about how that nobody can make you afraid. Nobody or nothing can put fear in you. Fear has to be yielded to for it to get in. Jesus said, don't let your heart be afraid. Don't let yourself be troubled, which means if it gets in you, you let it. You yielded to it. People yield to it through ignorance. But you don't have to. I don't care how afraid you feel. I don't care if the hair is standing up on the back of your neck and goosebumps are double parked and your knees are bumping together. You do not just say, well, I'm scared to death. I'm scared spitless and, and I can't help it and it's too late. No, no, no. Fear is there. But what do we do? Now we decide, do we let it in? Do we just yield to it? And just let it develop into full-blown panic? Or what else could we do? Ah, there you go. What else? We can resist it. Even though we feel it, even though the thoughts are there, I mean through tears. You could be sobbing through feelings of fear and you can say through your tears, No, I resist it. I refuse to fear. I resist this in Jesus' name. And if you'll stand against it, what the Bible say? It has to leave. It has to leave. After all, the greater ones in you. Not against you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Then he who's in you is greater than anything that could come against you from the outside. But it's, it's by faith. It's not by feeling. Just because you feel even terror doesn't mean it's all over. That's feeling. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And so with all the feelings and all the symptoms and all the thoughts and all the circumstances, you can stand up in the middle, maybe through trembling lips, but you can say, I resist this. I resist this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I refuse to fear. The devil will say, you're already afraid. You say, shut up, shut up. I resist it. I refuse to fear. I have the peace of God. God's with me. He's in me. He's on me. He keeps me. What have I to fear? Right? I've been delivered from fear. I called him. I sought him. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Go with me please to Mark the fourth chapter. I'm so thankful to the Lord for his word, for his spirit. Driving to church this morning, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, you've already made far more progress than you even realize. We've already gained a lot more ground. You know, you you don't realize. Now, people who don't know you or hadn't seen you in a while, they may see it more than you do. But we've already made a lot of progress. And we've just begun. Think of how far the Lord's brought us in two years. What if he tears his coming for another five? Where will we be? Or ten. We're coming up, brother. Amen. Sister. We're moving on. 
fear free, full of faith, healed, spirit led life. What if we're walking in the fullness of these things, not just being hearers, but being doers of the word? Well, God's going to get glory in our life. There's going to be all kind of fruit. It's already happening. It's already happening. And here's an area that you must have results and growth in to go where God has called you. Because it's going to take faith to step out and do the things that God's called you to do. And so, well, I'm not a preacher, Brother Keith. Yeah, but you've got a call on your life. There's some things you're supposed to do for the kingdom of God. Every man, every woman, every person in the kingdom has things they're supposed to do. And you know why most people don't do them? Fear. Fear. Afraid. Well, if I do that, then how am I going to do this? And where's the money going to come from? And how can I do that in my family? And how can I do that in my job? I don't have any training. What if I fall on my face? What if I make a mess? I don't know the Bible well enough. I don't. I don't have. I can't see. I don't know. Fear. And it keeps people parked. Afraid to step out. You know, Phyllis and I had to deal with some things before we started this church. I'd never seen myself as a pastor. Always honored and respected the office, but I thought my call was in another area. And we're busy. I mean, we're full up. We loved the road ministry and what we were doing. We began to see the Lord is serious about this Branson thing. And then we found out about this property and we had no congregation. When Phyllis was looking at the property with one of the individuals that that was showing it, and they asked her, they said, well, how many people's in your congregation? And she said, "Uh, well, right now, nobody. (laughs) And I'm sure they thought we were nuts. Well, then why are you looking at this? Why don't you go, you know, rent you a little pup tin or something? (laughs) And so as we looked at this, you know, you think about, well, you know, even the electric bill on this place is going to be substantial every month. And I mean, and just, what if only 20 people show up and, and that's it forever? What are you going to do? You're looking at it this side, but I, I'm talking about before there was ever a service. In the floor praying. And our friends became concerned about us. They did. Some of them, and different ones called and talked to us and said, you know, Man, y'all got it so good where you're at. You got your stuff paid for and you're doing so good and you got more meetings than you can get to. What you want to go up there and do that for? And what if you get saddled with that big property and stuff and, you know, go belly up? What will people say? (laughs) Well, the, the thoughts came. The feelings came. I finally told one of them, I said, well... I said, now you shouldn't do anything half-cocked. I said, but we've been praying about this and looking at this. I've done everything I know to hear from God on this and get it confirmed and established in my spirit. And I would rather step out and blow it and fall flat on my face. And what if folk laughed? What if they did? Than to stay and play it safe and do nothing too scared to obey God. Did you hear me? So we did. We said, here goes. (laughs) Who's going to come? We don't know. What if nobody, what if they stay away in droves? Well, what if they do? Here we go. We believe the Lord told us to do it. Here we go. I'm so glad we were not too afraid. I'm so glad we were not too scared. Well, what about you? See, God has something for you. It may not be that. It may not be anything like that. But it's something. Right? For the church. For the kingdom. For people. It's something. And it's going to take faith to step out. Because you're not going to be able to see how it's going to work. Or where everything's going to come from. And if you let fear, it will grip you. It will choke you. It will hold you out of God's plan. But everybody said out loud, it won't hold me out. I have faith. I trust God, God. and I'm delivered delivered from all fears. fears. Glory. (laughs) Well, if we just dismissed and went home now, it would have been helpful, right? The Lord's helping us. 
Have you found your scripture? In Mark. Remember that? Chapter 4. In Mark 4. The Bible tells us. That. uh, Jesus told his disciples to get in the boat. And pass over to the other side. Verse 36. They took Jesus and they started across. Verse 37, there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Well, they must have missed God. I mean, you know, getting in that much problem in that kind of a storm, they bound to miss God. They must have missed God. What do you think? Obviously not. He told them, get in the boat and go across. A lot of people... Miss God in this regard, it's sad. I've seen so many folk, they're gung-ho and they say, boy, the Lord told us to hook up. The Lord told us to hook up with the church. The Lord told us to hook up with this ministry. Not even us or somebody else told us to do this. And then a storm, some problems, some challenges. And they begin to think, well, I don't understand. We must have missed God because... If this was God, why would we be going through this? And why would we be having to deal with this? Well, there's something called a devil. (laughs) And he tries to hinder you doing what God's called you to do. It's amazing how ignorant people are of this. Just because you have some opposition doesn't mean that you're not obeying God. Doesn't mean that you're not following him. They're obeying the Lord and they encounter the worst storm they've ever experienced. In the middle of obeying the Lord. Now, you've got to make up your mind, once you've heard from the Lord, you're staying with it. Right? You're staying with it no matter what you see or don't see or feel or don't feel, what people say or support or don't support. If you've heard from the Lord, stay with it. Stay with it and just say like he said, we're going to the other side. We're not going to stop halfway. We're not going to turn around and go back. We're going all the way through this thing till we come out on the other side. The Lord's talking to somebody. Right? Said out loud, I'm going over. To the other side. I'm not a quitter. No. And these are the people who get blessed. The people who pass the tests and qualify. And uh, the Bible said, verse 38, he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillar. He must not have been afraid. He's in this big storm. I mean, this boat is a rocking and rolling. Right? Waves are splashing in. I mean, you read other accounts. It said the boat was about full of water. I guess from all accounts, Jesus was probably pretty wet. Boats filling up with water. And what's he doing? Snoozing. In the back of the boat in a storm. Waves crashing. You don't do that when you're full of fear. I said, you don't do that when you're full of fear. And they came. They woke him up. They're shaking him. And they're saying, Master, what? Don't you care? We're about to drown. We're about to sink. Now, oh, this is so significant. friend. What did they ask him? Don't you care? Oh, we're getting into some real revelation right here. Did they have fear? Yeah, they're afraid. They're really scared. They're scared of what? Dying. That's what Hebrews we already looked at. You know that Jesus became a partaker of flesh and blood so that he through death might destroy him that had the power of death and then deliver them who through all their lifetime were subject to bondage because of fear of death, fear of dying. When you're delivered from the fear of dying, it's hard for any other kind of fear to get a hold because they all have their foundation in that. If you have no fear of dying, why would you be afraid of a car wreck? You have no fear of dying, why would you be afraid of drowning? You have no fear of dying, why would you be afraid of eating bad food? If you have no fear of dying, why would you be afraid of a plane crash? You're not afraid to die. When you know the truth, you get free from the fear of dying. 
You know what dying is. It's not the end. Right? It's not the end. He said, he rebuked the wind. He said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? What does that mean? Full of fear. How is it that you have no faith? Fear can only flourish in the absence of faith. If they were full of faith, where would the fear be? The faith pushes the fear out. And I don't care who, you know, how many stickers you got on your car or how many tape series you got in your closet. If you're full of fear, you're not full of faith. But if you're full of faith, you won't be full of fear. He asked him a question. Did you hear him? Why are you so full of fear? How is it that you have no faith? Full of fear, no faith. What if we reverse it? Full of faith and then what? No fear. No fear. People, you know, they sometimes even mock us about faith. Faith Life Church. Faith. Y'all are just a faith bunch. You just got through saying we're a fearless bunch. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you just got through calling us the bunch that pleases God. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So you just got through calling us the bunch that overcomes the world. So yeah, we are the faith bunch. That's us. Amen. Our desire is to grow in faith. Exceedingly growing faith. Grow in faith. Why? Please God more. Overcome more. Right? Get all the fear out. He said, why are you so full of fear? How is it that you have no faith? How does faith come? People quote that, but sometimes it's not living to them. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And if you look up that in the original and other translations, it has to do with the words of Jesus. And it is the words of the master that through his words, you come to know him. Just knowing Bible does not make you fearless. Knowing the person who said the words. And having trust in him makes you fearless, delivers you from fears. Now go with me if you would. You're there in Mark. Over please to Second Timothy. Are you with me this morning? You believe in God with me this morning? Please do. Let's stay real hooked for a few more minutes here. And get some fears out. Second Timothy. Well, I tell you what. On your way to Timothy, <laughs> drop by Romans. It's on the way. Romans, the eighth chapter. I call this principle that we're talking about now the law of displacement. You can't be full of two things. You know, let's say you've got a glass you just drank some milk out of. And it's got a little milk left in it. You put it in the sink and you run some water. You just turn on the faucet and the water is running in the glass. When it first begins to run, what have you got in the glass? Milk and water. A mixture. Right? You don't have to do a thing. Just let the water run. And what's going to happen in a few more seconds? It's less milk, right, and more water. And if you just let it run for two minutes, what's going to happen? There won't be any more milk left in there. Why? The water, the water that just kept coming in, the water kept coming in and flooding in, it displaced 
all the milk so that now there's no more milk there. There's only water. Well, that's the effect the word has on us. That's the effect faith has on us and joy has on us and love has on us. Instead of trying to fight fear, get full of faith. Fear will be displayed. Instead of trying to fight hate, get full of love. Right? Well, I'm trying to control my fear. You don't want to control your fear. You want to be delivered from fear. You want it completely. You don't want to just try to have it under rain. I'm full of it, but I got it under control. (laughs) You want it out of you. Forget controlling fear. You want it out of you. Right? Or controlling your rage. You want it out of you. Right? How are you going to get that rage out? Get full of love. How are you going to get full of love? Fellowshipping with God. Who is love. How am I going to get that fear out? Get full of faith. How do I get full of faith? Fellowshipping with God through His Word. Hearing what He's got to say on the subject all the time. You'll get fuller and fuller of faith. It'll displace the fear. Now in Romans, the 8th chapter, we spent weeks and weeks on this passage in verse 14. Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You've not received the spirit of what? Bondage again to fear. Is that in agreement with what we read in Hebrews 2? That Jesus, you know, through death, destroyed him that had the power of death so that he could deliver those who through all their lifetime through fear of death were subject to bondage. Bondage. Is fear connected to bondage? Yes, Yes, it is. Well, then what about faith then? What would faith be connected with? Freedom. You'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. So people in fear are people in bondage. I know uh, I had the privilege of working in healing school at Kenneth Hagin Ministries for a number of years. Monday through Friday, we had, you know, a couple of services a day. And through those years, I saw a number of cases of people that had allergies. And some of them considered to be very, very serious. For instance, this one fellow, he had, he said, an allergic reaction to any kind of shellfish. So serious that it could be life-threatening. Well, he came and camped out with us for weeks. And fed on the word. And fed on the word. And I saw him uh, one Monday, you know, past the weekend. And he was smiling from ear to ear. I said, you know, you knew something happened for him. Just looking at him. I said, what's going on, brother? He said, "Uh, I had me a big lobster this weekend. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, and no problems. None. No problems at all. Well, see, prior to that, he had been afraid that somebody might have some minced shrimp in that. He had been afraid. Well, you don't know how it was processed. Maybe there was a little bit of shell somewhere, and he lived his life. Every restaurant he went to, everything he ate off the shelf, does it have any seafood? Does it have any shellfish? And see, friend, these fears we studied last week, your fears will come on you. You know, I read a study some years ago, and it's very interesting. God's always been right. Science is beginning to find out some things that he's right about. (laughs) These folks did this study. They had a person that had uh, the flu. I forget what kind, but he had the flu and a bad case of it and a lot of symptoms. And people were coming in and out of this place where this person was that had the flu. And so they told them, after they got in, about this person having the flu. Of course, they could see them. And then I think they had them, you know, they had already handled something that this person had handled or something, you know, that the germs would have been transferred. And they, prior to it, they had put all these sensors on them, on their head and on their body to monitor their response. 
And they said, some of the people, they told them, you know, well, this person's got the flu. And they said, I, I don't get the flu. I'm not concerned about it. And they monitored all their vitals, even brain waves and everything else. And then the, some people said, why didn't you tell me? I can't get the flu. Oh, man, I got the flu back, you know, eight years ago, and it about killed me. Why didn't you tell me? And they said that they monitoring this person, their pores literally opened up wider. And their heart rate and their blood pressure jumped up, actually making them more susceptible to anything that was there, literally drawing into their pores what was around. And it affects the immune system. It does. Well, you wouldn't have to know any of that to know the Lord said, your fears come on you. Right? It draws the thing you fear to you. What are we to do with problems? We're not to dread them and fear them. We're to resist them. We're to say it out loud. No, no, uh-uh. don't bother me. Even if your head screaming, I'm scared. You say, shut up. It doesn't bother me. If you've been trained to fear, like most people have all their lifetime, from the time they're a little child, they are trained to fear, then you got to get your mind renewed. And it may not happen in three days. But if you'll just stay in the Word, keep the Word in your ears, keep it in your mouth, eventually you'll get your mind renewed. It'll affect your whole life. It'll affect your immune system. you got to learn how to talk, though. When stuff happens in the economy, you can't say, oh, man. Boy, I'm afraid they're going to have some layoffs over there. And man, I'll probably be the first one to go. (laughs) Believing and talking like that? You probably will be. But what do you say? My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches. No matter what happens, God's going to take care of me. No matter what happens, my bills are going to be paid. We're going to be all right. My children are going to be clothed and fed. Right? So you don't just have a responsibility to work hard to provide for your family. You have a more serious spiritual responsibility to believe for your family. Right? You can work yourself silly and go right down the tubes. Talking doubt and fear and unbelief and death and destruction. But no, I don't care what it feels like or what it looks like. Just go ahead and take this opportunity right now. Say it out loud. God takes care of me. He takes care of my family. My family. My children. My grandchildren. Will always be properly fed. Always be well clothed. Always be healthy. And protected. Because God takes care of us. Though tragedy happens to a thousand on my left or ten thousand on my right, it won't happen to us because the Lord takes care of us. Now see, what are you doing? You're shutting the door to the enemy by refusing to fear. See, the enemy will come and try to sit on your shoulder and try to paint these pictures of these terrible things happening to you and your family. He'll try to quote statistics to you. Say, well, you know, eight out of ten, sometime in their life, it happens to them, and you just never know. You might be next. All of it's designed to put you in fear. But what do you do? Fears come. Thoughts come. Feelings come. Pictures come. But what do you do? What do you do? That's it. Come on, tell me strong. What do you do? You resist it. You say, no, no, not in my family. No, not in my marriage. No, not with my children. No, no, no. Oh, what a difference it makes. He said you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received what? The spirit of adoption. Adoption. The spirit of adoption makes you feel like you belong. The spirit of adoption lets you know you're loved. Right? Does this have anything to do with getting free from fear? Yeah. We didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. We've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry what? Abba. Daddy. 
The daddy who loves us. The father who loves us. Now look in uh, 1 John, please. 1 John and the fourth chapter. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us from all fears. And we're seeing today how he does it. How to be, how it works. 1 John 4 and 15. Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, this is 1 John 4.15, God dwells or lives in him and he in God. Is that you? That's me and you. And we have, what's that word? We've what? Well, this is important now. We have known and believed what? The love that God has to us. This is so significant. We haven't spent enough time on this in the church. We haven't camped on this. We, people talk so much about the commandment of love that I'm to love you and you're to love me. And that's true. But we haven't spent enough time on this. Coming to the realization of knowing and fully believing how much God loves us. This should be a major, major part of what we think, what we do, our preaching, our teaching, when you read the Word. Every time you open this book and you read your chapter, and every other place you read, before you ever start reading, you should be thinking, I'm reading the words of Him who loves me. Let me see how He loves me. I've talked to numerous people who read the scripture and they only look for judgment in the word. You you know, you find a good, a wonderful verse of blessing and they say, yeah, but did you notice that one below it? It said, woe, woe, woe unto thee. Yeah, but who's he talking to? I'm not his enemy. I'm not rebelling against him. I'm his child. He loves me. He loves me. The Bible said in Galatians 5, 6. Don't turn there. Just stay right here. That faith worketh by love. Well, being full of faith delivers you from fear. But how does faith work? It works by love. You Remember they asked him the question, don't you care? Why were they so full of fear? Because they didn't have any faith. Why didn't they have any faith? They didn't know how much he cared. Did you get that piece now? Why are so many people so low on faith? There's people who can quote scripture to you backwards and forwards. And they have very little faith. Why? Because it's just words to them. The revelation of God their father who loves them. Who says that they are the apple of his eye. Who gave everything to buy them and redeem them. Is not real to them. Said out loud, he loves me. He loves me above all. He said, we have known and we've believed what? The love that God has to us. God is love. He that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, did you see what he said? Most folk don't. They just read right past that. He's saying that when you're full of love and the love of God is developed in you, even when Jesus comes back, you'll have no fear. You'll meet him boldly. Now, friend, that's fear free. I said, when the Lord Jesus comes back and everything that's happening with that, people who don't know him might be screaming and and trying to find cover. But you and I step right out and go, hey, Lord, we're right here. Unafraid. How could you be unafraid? 
Well, we just get through reading. How could you be unafraid? Because you know that word means experience. You've experienced and you believe you've become persuaded the love that God has for me. You're not afraid of someone who loves you. He said, there is no fear in love. But perfect love does what? Casts out fear. Because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. We have to camp on this a whole lot more. I can just tell. We're not excited enough about it. So that's where my job comes in. And the Holy Ghost. We got to camp on this until this becomes real to us. I know years ago, before we ever went to ministry training school or got in the ministry at all, Phyllis and I are back in uh, Mississippi. I had a dog, great big Doberman. He was a big, stout rascal. And uh, he thought he was the king bee around the place, man. I mean, and some folk came to visit us, little bitty boy, about this high, and his daddy. They got out of the car. Well, my dog runs up to the car, looks at him. He wasn't much on barking. He was an action dog. (laughs) And they were already out of the car. And uh, the little boy, I mean, he saw this big dog, you know, bounding towards them. And I mean, it scared him. It frightened him. He yelled. He cried. And uh, his daddy was right there. Great big man. And he, he... run around behind daddy's legs and grabbed a hold of the back of his leg with both hands to his pant leg. And the dog, you know, he, he was harmless. Now, if I wasn't around, it's a different story. But I called to him, called his name, and he calmed down, and, and now he's ready to play. The daddy asked me, I said, yeah, he's fine now. And uh, the little boy's still behind his daddy, and his daddy said, hey, he's okay. I'm here. It's all right. (laughs) And he looked up at him and he came around in front. And the dog's sitting right there. And so he had to reach out. He he wanted to pet him now. But I noticed he kept one hand real firm (laughs) on daddy's leg. But he waxed bold enough to step out from behind daddy and reach up and pet that dog. When I saw that, I thought, oh, that's just like the Father God. When we know he's here, and we know how much he cares about us, fear leaves us. Why? Why did he become bold enough to step out from behind him? Because he knew his daddy loved him. He knew if anything went wrong, daddy was right there. Daddy was going to take care of him. Daddy would protect him. He wasn't reasoning about it. He wasn't wondering about it. He was fully persuaded of it. Right? The trust in the love that God has for us delivers us from fear. You know, fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. When you're afraid that you might die in the car wreck. You're afraid you might eat something bad and it hurt you. You're afraid you might die with this disease. You're afraid your friends might leave you. You're afraid then you are not persuaded of how much God loves you. And the absence of that Persuasion of love leaves this vacuum for fear to operate. That's what we must grow in. That's what we're beginning to grow in. When we know God's with us, when we know he's in us, when we know he's for us, no matter what we're facing, we know we got one hand solidly (laughs) on the Father. And when we know he's here, and we know he loves us so much, he's going to take care of us, he's going to protect us. We're going to be okay. Then, friend, you begin to be bold. I said you begin to be bold. Why? Because you know you got backup. I said you got backup, capital B. Right? (laughs) Go please to 2 Timothy. I'm closing with this, I think. Everybody say, I got backup. I got major backup. Yeah. 
Oh, glory to God, glory to God. Second Timothy, chapter 1. You may have this one marked. Second Timothy 1, 6. Well, let's back up. Verse 4. Paul is writing, the Holy Ghost is speaking through Paul, to Paul's son in the faith, Timothy. Timothy's a young man. Doesn't have a lot of experience in the ministry at this point. And he's been sent on assignment, apparently in a pretty rough place. And he's been going through some challenging things. And apparently has been doing some crying in the nighttime. Verse 3, 1 Timothy 1, 3, Paul said, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears. Timmy had been crying. That I might be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that's in you. Well, he wasn't acting like it at the moment, but it was in there. Right? He said that faith was first in your grandma, Lois. That faith was in your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded that faith is in you. So you can have faith in you and not be yielding to it. You can have faith in your heart and be yielding to fear. But if you yield to the faith, let it fill you up, it'll displace the fear. And he reminded him, he said, Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God. Which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Stir up what's in you. Stir up your faith. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Well if it didn't come from him we ought not have it. Right? God has not given us the spirit of fear. But he gave us what? The spirit of power. The spirit of love. And the spirit of a sound mind. Do we have to have fear? Should we yield to the spirit of fear? When thoughts of fear, feelings of fear, and memories of things that try to make us afraid, and things on the news or statistics or other people's stories bring feelings and thoughts of fear, the spirit of fear, should we yield to it? Not for a minute. We should resist it. What kind of spirit has God given us? The spirit of adoption. He's the spirit of love. The spirit of power. The word here for fear is translated, the literal definition I should say, is timidity. Timidity. So there are different degrees of fear. There's full-blown panic. But being timid is not okay. Did you hear me? Someone says, well, you know, I'm just shy. I'm just timid. Being quiet is great. Being timid is not okay. It's great to be quiet. A lot of folks should be more quiet. But I understand being quiet and being timid is not the same thing at all. Being quiet because you're afraid to speak is bondage. Right? Not getting involved in things in school or at work or at church because you're timid. What does that mean? What is timid? Here in the King James translated spirit of fear. In the Greek it literally means timid. It's a degree of fear. It's not okay for your children to be afraid and to be timid. It's not okay for you to be shy and timid. It's just a degree of fear. Boy, I love to see when we have our little ones come up here and sing. Hmm? Who was it? Kyle and Dana's little boy? Lance. He, it came time to sing. Buddy, he stepped out. He sang. I mean, he let her rip. That's how you're supposed to be. Right? Now, when you're told to sit down and be quiet, you're supposed to do that too. But... You're not supposed to sit back, clinging to mama's hand, crying, scared. I don't know if I can go. When you sense any of that in your children, you got to get to work. 
Come on now, we're talking to some, the Lord's talking to some folks. You gotta get to work and get that out of them. Right? They shouldn't be afraid. I'm so glad my folks didn't believe in fear. I mean, they didn't know a lot of things, but they kept telling me from the time I was a little bitty guy, don't be afraid. You can do anything. You know, be bold. And man, when I was uh, in kindergarten, I took a hat and a cane and did a Bill Bailey routine for the class. <laughs> when I was in junior high, we went on a meeting. And they were having a local election of some of this little club, and nobody had a, a delegate. So they said, what are we going to do? I said, I'll run. <laughs> no, we weren't prepared. We had no speech. I got up, gave a speech, and got elected. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't do that if you're afraid. That's right? right? Yeah. It's not okay for children to cower in the back of the class. It's not okay for people, teenagers, to never volunteer for anything, not be involved in anything. Why? Well, they're just timid. No, it's the spirit of fear. And it's the enemy. It's bondage. It's holding them back. It's keeping them out of things. Are you with me? As an adult, people, I mean, they were that way when they were 10, and they're that way when they're 50. They're afraid to talk to the boss. They're afraid to talk to the customers. They're afraid to talk to the fellow employees. They're afraid to bring up their ideas. They're afraid to do anything. Well, I'm just timid. No, you got fear in you. And it's not okay. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Right? What did he give us? He gave us the spirit that makes us bold. Not haughty, not arrogant, not pushy, but bold. Why? Because you're bold when you know. You're bold when you're sure. Love. We know how much God loves us. We're not afraid to fall. He's there to pick us up if we did. Right? And a sound mind. Peace. Grace. Strength. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.